one God, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Amen. I have some news for you. Good news. If you're one of those people who procrastinates and you've still kept up some of your Christmas decorations, your Christmas tree, ornaments, lights, all that goes with it, today is your day. You do not have to be embarrassed. Today is the feast of the presentation. It's the very last feast of the calendar celebrating the birth of Christ. So we are going to celebrate you keeping your decorations up, and we promise we are not here to judge. Not today. Maybe tomorrow, not today. It's still time to celebrate. In recent years, our tradition doesn't always put tons of emphasis on the feast of the presentation, but its placement on the calendar 40 days after Christmas invites us to take time during this epiphany season to reflect on how we are given the eyes to see God coming into our lives, into our community, into our world. But this realization, this awareness of God, this new way to perceive God being right here among us still poses a challenge. We lead busy lives. A lot of us are still struggling to keep or to catch back up to our old routines, our social schedules that we had back in 2019 and 2020. And sometimes we realize that parts of our lives now are just simply trying to establish a new normal for ourselves. We look inward instead of outward. And sadly, at times, our perception of God grows a little dim. We want the gift of seeing God, the spiritual knowledge and wisdom of being connected to the presence of the divine, but we often feel disconnected or unable to discern the times when God is most active in our lives. You know, St. Augustine in the fourth century is one of the best examples of this struggle. If you don't know much about him, his story is very relatable to our modern times. He grew up in North Africa, probably around modern-day Libya, and he was raised by parents of different religions. And as a young man living in the wealth of the Roman Empire, he pursued various paths of study, but he would often get distracted because we know that he really knew how to tie on one to live life high on the hog. He apparently had quite the live-it-up lifestyle. But even during the times that he was out celebrating having parties, Augustine felt confused as, as to how to attain any sense of satisfaction about life, how to attain any sense of spiritual knowledge at all. He writes in his confessions that imposing any kind of change on himself, a can, change of structure in his lifestyle, that he would hope help him get to a point of breaking bad habits or changing his life, or acquainting him with a living truth that he was seeking, that none of the stuff that he tried worked. Nothing was working at all. And he became so distraught at one point 
that he gave up entirely everything he was trying to change. He just gave up. And then he had an awakening. It dawned on him. He had finally reached his low point. He could try nothing more. And now it was time for God to step in and do something with him. This image he writes about in his words of throwing oneself down so that we may rise with the rising of Christ is a powerful metaphor of how we might step into the realm of seeing the living God acting and living among us. In the gospel today, Simeon and Anna are people who have given up everything in their lives. Everything. They've given it up for God. They've lived long lives. They've been faithful in their prayers. And until this point of the story, they have essentially nothing except hope. It was now time for God to step in and do something with them. And something does happen. Something happens with the arrival of Jesus in the temple that fills them with a sense of awe and wonder and amazement that Luke's gospel portrays their wonderment and their joy in the same way as he portrays the shepherds going into Bethlehem to see the child laying in a manger. Simeon and Anna have thrown down everything about their lives in order for God to change them, to raise them to a new life. Some have argued before that their example, Simeon and Anna's example of their lives, serve as a model maybe for people entering religious communities. And while that may be so, it's not really the point today. The characters of Simeon and Anna are meant to invite us to see God around us in new ways. This very community, Trinity Cathedral, this very community as a congregation is a great example of having to throw down everything so that God can build it back up again. In the late 1980s, when the prospects of reimagining the cathedral were growing so dim, the vestry of this congregation had to give the deed to the building and all its assets back to the diocese. The community had failed. It hit rock bottom. And the moment they did this, a new reality began to set in, not immediately, but slowly. It was now then time for God to step in and do something with the people of Trinity. People started to see possibilities in themselves and in the cathedral that for some reason had just never been seen before. People started imagining Trinity holding a more prominent place in downtown not because the people of Trinity were somehow imposing themselves on Greater Phoenix as some kind of new establishment in crowd, but rather because they saw the possibilities of how they as a community could let God call them into a new light, a light for all to see, for God to call them into new ministries that helped bring God's healing and wholeness to all sorts of people, for God to call Trinity into new ways of bringing Jesus and his way of love back onto these city streets again. This played out in a real way. And we 
are sitting here together in this space because of the faithful actions of our members from the past, but even more importantly, because of what God has revealed to us, all of us in this process of growth and self-discovery and blessing. We ourselves are part of this continuum, being swept up into this new reality of God raising us, calling us to new light, into new love, to help the love that we've been given, the love that the Christ child offers the world. We ourselves are helping this love that we've been given grow and multiply and spread throughout the entire region so that, as Luke's gospel concludes today, so that the favor of God may be upon us. And as the Bible has said before, the things that are being cast down are now being raised up. And that raising up continues through us. But it starts by us creating spaces for awareness, spaces that allow time for God to step in and to do something with us. Spaces inside of us to continuously see God acting in the world. Spaces inside our community where we can tell our stories about how much goodness we can see happening around us. Good things like the hungry being fed and those who are mourning that they're comforted by us, that we take on practices of restoring the dignity of every human being, and that we seek and serve Christ and all people, loving our neighbors as ourselves. Perhaps the real reason why the church doesn't always go gangbusters in celebrating this feast day is because we're still longing to see the presence of God in our world in a richer and bolder way, but maybe we fear what would actually happen to us if we did this. Perhaps we are embarrassed that we don't know how to control what we see or hear. We don't know what God is up to because we are not God, and we don't like that. Maybe we believe that somehow we will perceive God acting in a way that will make us change, and we don't know if we're open to changing. There has to be some sense of truth to all of this, at least a little each in our own way. But St. Augustine's experience of letting go and letting God is really the call of today's story upon us. It is now time for God to step in and to do something with us. Simeon and Anna did exactly that, and they were some of the first people to recognize the Messiah, the anointed one of God, the one coming into the world to change human history for all time. And so our task on this Sunday of the presentation of our Lord is to ask in our prayers to God, what is it that we need to see now? What is it that we need to hear now? Who is it that we are called to be in our world in 2023? To ask God over and over and over through our prayers, by our actions, 
by what we are becoming and to give God the space to let God take us as we are and raise us to new spiritual knowledge, to new realities of living, to let God show us the path of Jesus being the light to the nations so that we may walk in that light alongside Jesus for all time and be forever changed, forever loved, forever blessed forever letting God step in and do something with us.